Uh, thank you, everybody, for being here tonight and for everybody watching at home. I know it's icy and it's snowy, and, and I just I think this is one of the special times we have as a church to come together and to remember uh, the reason for every season, not only Christmas. And um, he definitely is the light of the world. You know, I've, as I was thinking about what to share with you, because it's topical, I'm, I'm kind of going off, Matthew. I know. What will you do? Um, <laughs> but one of the things that typifies Christmas and this is gift giving. And, and that's just absolutely ingrained. It's baked into our culture. I mean, how much time and energy and thought and expense and energy spent uh, shopping and wrapping and baking and sometimes shipping and all that stuff that we've been doing. Anybody, anybody else been doing that a little bit lately or paying for it lately or whatever it might be? <laughs> you know, this is all done hopefully with, with, a, with a motivation uh, that's uh, with a heart that's motivated by love and charity and goodwill uh, towards those people we are giving to. And truly, there's I don't know if you can relate, but there's there's no greater satisfaction than having a, a gift like handcrafted, not say handcrafted, but just hand. It's just it's just for that person. You know, that person, you see them, you know, they have a need and a need and, and you just go, this is for them. And you're thinking of them and what they need. And, and there's no greater gift uh, than, than that, than just seeing that person receive that gift and actually doing what it was intended for. It, it, can everybody relate to that or receiving that kind of gift is even, is, is even pretty cool, but it's, I think it's way more blessed to give than receive. Uh, but you know, and there's just joy that fills the heart of the giver in seeing that person receive that gift. And I think that's awesome. Um, we've, like, we've all been on both sides of this, the giving and the receiving, We've experienced um, those things. But as tonight, as we turn our eyes upon Jesus, uh, as we turn our eyes upon the Lord and our, and our Father and our Savior, we just, you know, in the season of giving, I, I, we can't help but focus on the fact that there is no greater gift giver than the Father. There is no greater gift given than the Son. I think it's just absolutely awesome. And so I just wanted to focus this evening on the gift of Jesus the gift of Jesus in the context of what I just shared. So if you, if you would, I'd just like to pull it into three different quick uh, focuses, the gift giver, the gift given, and the recipient of the gift. And the first part I was thinking about is the gift giver. And, and in particular, I want to point out and paint a picture for, for us about the heart of God, the father as the gift giver. When we think of God, I mean, I think we, you know, sometimes how we view God might be shaped by our parents or might be shaped by culture, society, all this type of stuff. And so when we look at him, we have, we have certain lenses through which we see him. And I would hope that we would go to scripture and let the scripture speak for themselves about who God truly is. And this is how God in his gift giving of his son, this is his motive behind it. And I, and we know this verse. And so it's not for me to give you new truth. I'm, I'm telling you old truth. Uh, firstly, John chapter three, we know this John three sixteen. Jesus is speaking to a religious leader named Nicodemus and it's at night and uh, he's Jesus explained the primary. He explains the primary motive to him of the father for giving his son who Jesus is actually talking about himself there. We know the verse. Well, it says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The reason that Jesus was given was that men might have 
eternal life, that they might be saved from death and they might be given eternal life. That is why he was given. But the motive behind that is in the first part of verse. What does it say? For God, so what? Agape. He loved not our worldly weird love that we try to make things into. It's an absolute unconditional God owned love that cares about someone else's well-being in their character. That's who they are. What's best for them. And obviously what's best for them is what he has. The reason that Jesus was given is that men might not perish and they might have eternal life, but the motive in God doing that is his love for the world. And we find more specifically those the love for those who would receive his son. That word there, agape, obviously is that benevolent, charitable love. And hopefully as we're in Christmas time, giving away gifts, that's the kind of heart that we're giving with. Right. And we, we can kind of relate to that on some level, but the father's love of giving, not just a gift, but he gave his own son. What in the world could motivate someone to give their only son on behalf of sinners like us, like me? It's the love of God. It's something that just transcends and is it's uniquely his and that he shared with us. Another place that describes the motive of God in giving us his son, Jesus is in Ephesians chapter two, verses four and five, uh, where it describes the dire conditions of man first in the first couple of verses. We know about that. But in contrast to that, it says at the beginning of four, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead and our trespasses he made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. I mean, these are just towering verses I'm sharing with you that we just gloss over, you know, or just kind of pick apart and go, oh, yeah, I memorized that in Sunday school. It's like, no, these are the bedrocks of God heart towards it hearts towards us. He absolutely had a benevolent love. That is who he is. And he loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, while we were far away, while we were in the pit, enemies lost, couldn't even be, couldn't help ourselves. He gave, he, he, it says there, first of all, he, he extended mercy to us and that mercy flowed out of his love. And that mercy was demonstrated in his son. And, and Paul encapsulates that love that showed mercy as grace. It's kind of these words all kind of flow together, but God's grace just encapsulates his heart of love and mercy shown. God has had grace towards us by giving us his son, the gift of his son. There's so many verses that we could go over there about the demonstration of God's love. I'll just read a couple real quick because I can't, can't help it. And then we'll move on. Romans five, six through eight. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Why? For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps a good person, one would dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans five, six through eight. How about first John four, uh, chapter four, verses nine through 10. First John four, nine through 10. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And so those are another, these are towering verses that talk about the, the motive of God in giving a gift, just pure love.
Thank you that he is a God of love. Amen. He's the greatest gift giver and he gave his son. That's the gift given. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift ever given. No matter what gift you get on the 25th, Jesus is greater. Whatever gift you have been given, Jesus is greater. Someone gives you a kidney. Jesus is greater. Someone dies for you that you might live. Jesus is greater. I know that's, I'm not minimizing those things. Those are all acts of love, but this transcends the greatest of human gifts. As we read in John three, it already said for God, so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever would believe upon him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the gift that Jesus is. He saves people from perishing. He was given to save us from perishing. We've heard it over and over and over, but the world is perishing. Mankind is perishing. That's, that's the trajectory of every single human being who sinned against God. We are perishing and rightfully so, but God in his love desires that none should perish and all should come to forgiveness, uh, repentance. And so he sent his son into that mess to save us out of it. The greatest gift Jesus there in quoting John three sixteen, he's the verse right before, before he talked to Nicodemus, he just had said in, he was quoting numbers chapter 21 verses four through eight. The Hebrews had just spoken some evil things to God. Anybody complaining to God ever about your circumstances or what's going on. So God sends a plague of snakes to them. The Hebrews got dealt with. God was merciful, but when he had enough, he had enough. And he sent a plague of snakes. They were all getting bitten. They were all dying in the wilderness. And so they came to Moses. They said, Moses, please plead to God for us. We're all dying out here. We're all getting bitten. They're coming into our tents, all this stuff. We're just, we we're sorry. Please tell God to, to stop. And then in verse 21 of numbers, uh, sorry, no, verse eight of numbers 21, it says, the Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. And anyone who's bitten can look at it and live. And so Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. And then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. And what Jesus goes immediately from that, he says, he talks about the son of man being lifted up. He must be lifted up. Why? He is that bronze snake on a pole. And what, what Jesus is saying there is that the world has sinned against God. And they've got, we've all got the venom of sin in us. And it's just a matter of time that we all perish. We've all been bitten, headed towards judgment, headed towards hell. But God in his love, while he is just, he is also love. And in his love, in his mercy, he provided a salvation, not a snake on a pole. But what that snake pointed to his son, his son, who was lifted up, who died on behalf of sinners like me like you that anyone who looks upon him in faith is saved. That's God's promise. As Paul says in second Corinthians five 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. He took our sins upon him so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. We go away free. We're made right before God. That's amazing. What a trade. How many of you, if you were guilty of something and you're standing before a judge and the judge says, listen, 
you're all going to go away forever. You're going to face execution. This is a, this is a no brainer. You're like, what did I do? Well, you broke the law. Well, it's not fair. Blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in the law. You're going to jail. You're going to die. It's happening. But here's the deal. I love you. And I love my son. And he said he would die in your place. He's willing to do that. And so they go and they execute the son. Do you believe? If not, you're going to jail. You're going to prison. You're going away forever. But he paid the price that you might live. You must receive that forgiveness. And how many of us just sit there and go, "Ah, I don't believe fairy tales, boogeyman, all that type of stuff. And we walk away into eternity when Christ was bled out and died for us. What a beautiful gift. What a demonstration of God's love. Jesus said, I am the way, the true, the life, the life. No one comes to the father except through me. But here's the thing. He made the way. He made the way he's the gift in the multitudes of blessings of gifts that God gives to those who have received Jesus are just astounding. It's not just that he saved you from sin, saved me from sin. It's he wants to give us life. He gives us his life by the very nature of him saving us. He also saves us to something. And this is the cool thing. We stop in our Christian walk because we don't realize that it's not just Jesus saved us, but he saved us for something. And this is amazing. He, the gifts keep going. And this is where I want to talk about not only the, the giver, the, you know, the father is the giver and the son is the gift given, but also what we receive in the gift, who, how we're impacted by this. It's just astounding. Receiving the Jesus as Lord is not just a one-time prayer, you know, with just that moment of a benefit. It's a one-time faith that continues on. You keep believing and you keep you're in Christ. It's amazing how it works out. We already saw in John three, that whosoever believes in him, you have life. And that's, and that's what you're, you're not perishing, but now you have life. You're born again is how Jesus phrases it. But what does that mean? Born again. It means you've been changed. You've been, you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And when you're transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you're now his, you're his subject. You're not only his subject, you're his son, you're his daughter. You become transferred. And by that, you have this association with the king that is so intimate that all that is his is yours. Pretty cool. It's pure love. He paid for your price not to keep you at an arm's distance, but to draw you close and to bless you not only from here, but forever unending life. I could go on and on about this, but for time's sake, I just want to talk about one aspect of the gift that we all have in Christ. It's in Ephesians one verses three through 14. I'm just going to read through it for us. When you are in Christ, when you receive salvation, it's not just, yeah, I'm saved. It's a whole package deal that keeps un, un it, it just keeps going. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, as we close, this is what it is to be in him, to receive the gift of Christ. It says there in, in Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's given you every spiritual gift that you need in heavenly places. 
Well, and he starts to lay him out. What is what's happened? And, and he just like opens up this door into God's eternity from God's view of what he's done for us. Even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. What in the world is that? He chose you before the foundations of the world. That's a God thing. Why? That we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood. When you redeem something, you pay to bring it back. The forgiveness of our trespasses and according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purposes, which he set out for us in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. And verse 11 says in him, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will. This is just Paul unloading here so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Talking about he and the apostles, I think the early church there, but verse 13 says in him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you and, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise glory of uh, praise of his glory. Just look at that. He chose us before the foundations of the world. We were adopted according to his purposes and will. You have redemption by his blood. You have forgiveness. Like you're, you've been bought back. You've been cleansed according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. He, he like lavished his grace upon you. Like just imagine a swimming pool of grace. You're standing under it and all of a sudden it drops on you. He just poured out his grace on you, on me. He lavished it upon you, keeps putting it on you, making known to us the mystery of his will. How many of you wonder what politicians are up actually up to? Anybody? Like, wouldn't you know, want to know the mystery of their will? It's hidden, you know, such as the life of leaders. But here's the God of the universe. He goes, you're my kids. I'm going to let you know what I'm doing, my plan. And that's the benefit we have as Christians. We, we know the end. We know how it works out. We don't know every detail, but we've got the schematic. It's amazing. He's brought you into the inner circle. He's given you what you need to know. It's yours. Verse 11 in him, even obtained an inheritance. You have something waiting for you when this life is done. Peter talks about it, imperishable. It's not going to fade away. It's not going to spoil. It's not like the things of this earth that can't be stolen and, you know, rusted out and broken into or deflation or inflation, whatever it is. It's, it's yours. And it's kept for you by the power of God. You have an inheritance and the proof that all that is yours is he's sealed you with the Holy spirit, which if you're watching Sunday morning, we're going to talk about the gift of the Holy spirit. You've been sealed with the promise of the Holy spirit was the guarantee of 
of the inheritance that you're going to acquire. Man, we've been given gifts. You, you know, people go, oh, I don't have your gift. Oh man, you are gifted. God has just thrown presents all around you and in you and are gifted. You've been gifted in Christ. You have just been lavished and loved by God. And I think sometimes, and I don't know about you, but we get gifts that we don't want. Anybody else? No returns. I'm sorry. God has given you exactly what you need. And here's the cool thing. He made you. I don't know. Have you ever thought about people give gifts because they're, they're kind of like selfishly giving anybody else. Anybody ever struggle with that? Like you're not, they want, you're giving what you want them to have. No, there's only a couple of people. It's just me. Okay. Just me. I struggle with that. Okay. And then there's people who actually truly give what the person wants, right? Cause that's, you really care about that person. You want to meet their need and, and see their joy fulfilled with God. He's perfect in both. And that he gives you what he wants and what you need is actually what he gives. You were made for it. You were made for him. And he gave you his son, not just to save you, but to give you everything in life. And not just the things we talked about, all the blessings we have, but actually wisdom and spiritual gifts. And he takes care of his kids. He is so good church. You are a gifted church. We are gifted. All glory to the father. Amen. So I just, when you're opening up some presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning there, and you're thinking about those things, think about what God has not just wrapped up, but nailed to a cross for you. Totally giving you his best to draw you close arm's length so that you would experience not only the forgiveness of life starting right now and all that is. Amen. God loves you. Jesus died to save and and to give you life. If anybody hasn't given their life to the Lord, now's the time. And the life is a gift with eternal ramifications and benefits. We're blessed. Amen. Father, thank you so much for the gift of your son. And to know him and to walk in him and to see him just in our hearts and in our midst is is the greatest treasure. Lord, take our eyes once again off the material and onto the spiritual. Onto the realities that are going to supersede and transcend that our time here on earth. Oh Lord, thank you for putting your son in our midst and in our hearts and for giving us the promise of your Holy spirit. And Lord, as we're going to talk about on the Sunday video, Lord, just we've been given a gift so that we can give away. May your heart of just overflowing love be ours for those around us. You've given to us that we might give away. 
what you've given to us. We pray that there would be hearts to receive. And we just love you. We pray for our church, Lord, tonight. We ask those who are not well, Lord, that you would touch them and remind them of your love for them. We pray that those who are alone, God, would be reminded and comforted by your Holy Spirit of our love for them too, Lord. Put them on our hearts. Help us to reach out, Lord. And so, Lord, as we gather uh, tonight and we don't gather on Sunday, we, we know you're with us. Be glorified in all we do and say. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Amen.